This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated G Wiz, which means it's perfectly safe for folks and families of all ages to enjoy with Cheese Wiz. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents Ricky Tiki Tavi by Rudyard Kipling. This is the story of the Great War! of the great war that Ricky Ticky Tavi fought single-handed through the bathrooms of the big bungalow and Seagal Lee in India. <laughs> Darcy, the tailor bird, helped him. And to Tundra the muskrat, who never comes out into the middle of the floor, but always creeps round by the wall, gave him advice. But Ricky Ticky did the real fighting. I am a mongoose. Rather like a little cat in his fur and in his tail. But quite like a weasel in his head and his habits. His eyes and the end of his restless little nose are pink. I can scratch myself anywhere I please. With any leg, front or back, that I choose to use. And I can fluff up my tail till it looks like a bottle brush. And his war cry is... Rick-a-ticky-ticky-chick. One day, a high summer flood washed him out of the burrow where he lived with his father and mother and carried him, kicking and clucking, down the roadside ditch. He found a little wisp of grass floating there and clung to it till he lost his senses. When he revived, was lying in the hot sun on the middle of a garden path. Very draggled indeed. Here's a dead mongoose. Let's have a funeral. No, said his mother. Let's take him in and dry him. Perhaps he isn't really dead. The big man picked him up between his finger and thumb and said he was not dead, but half choked. So they wrapped him in cotton wool and warmed him. And he opened his eyes and... Sneezed. Now, said the big man, he was an Englishman who had just moved into the bungalow. With his wife, Alice, and their son, Teddy. Don't frighten him, and we'll see what he'll do. It is the hardest thing in the world to frighten a mongoose, because he is eaten up from the nose to tail with curiosity. The motto of all the mongoose family is, Run and find out! And Ricky Ticky was a true mongoose. at the cotton wools. You decided it was not good to eat. I say, he ran all around the table and will you look at that? He sat up and put his fur in order. And scratched himself. Ah, he jumped on the small boy's shoulder. Oh, don't be frightened, Teddy. That's his way of making friends. Oh, he's tickling under my chin. <laughs> good gracious, and that's a wild creature? I suppose he's so tame because we've been kind to him. All mongooses are like that. If Teddy doesn't pick him up by the tail or try to put him in a cage, he'll run in and out of the house all day long. Let's give him something to eat. They gave him a little piece of raw meat. Hmm? Mm, Ricky Ticky liked it immensely. There are more things to find out about in this house than all my family could find out in all their lives. I shall certainly stay and find out. 
He spent all that day roaming over the house. He nearly drowned himself in the bathtub. Whoa! He put his nose into the ink on a writing table and burnt it on the end of the big man's cigar. For he climbed up into the big man's lap to see how writing was done. Teddy, time for bed. At nightfall, he ran into Teddy's nursery to watch how kerosene lamps are lighted. And when Teddy went to bed, Ricky Ticky climbed up too. But he was a restless companion. Because he had to get up and attend to every noise all through the night and find out what made it. Come quickly! The mongoose is sitting on Teddy's pillow. I don't like that. He may bite the child. We'll do no such thing. Teddy's safer with that little beast than if he had a bloodhound to watch him. Why, if a snake came into the nursery now... James, I I refuse to think of anything so awful. (whistles) Early in the morning... Ricky Ticky came to early breakfast in the veranda. Riding on Teddy's shoulder. And they gave him banana. And some boiled egg. And he sat on their laps. All of them, one after the other. (laughs) (laughs) Then Ricky Ticky went out into the garden to see what was to be seen. It was a large garden. Only half cultivated with bushes as big as summer houses of Marshall Neal roses. Lime and orange trees, clumps of bamboo and thickets of high grass. Ricky Dicky licked his lips. This is splendid hunting ground, he said, and his tail grew bottle brushy at the thought of it, and he scuttled up and down the garden, snuffing here and there, till he heard very sorrowful voices in the thorn bush. It was Darcy, the tailor bird, and his wife. They had made a beautiful nest by pulling two big leaves together and stitching up the edges with fibers. And had filled the hollow with cotton and downy flow. <laughs> the nest swayed to and fro. As they sat on the rim and cried. What is the matter? Oh, we are very miserable. One of our babies fell out of the nest yesterday and... No, I ate him. Said Ricky Ticky. That is very sad, but I am a stranger here. Who is Nog? <gasps> Darcy and his wife only cowered down in the nest without answering. For from the thick grass at the foot of the bush, there came a low hiss. A horrid, cold sound that made Ricky Ticky jump back two clear feet. Then, inch by inch, out of the grass, rose up the head and spread hood of Nog, the big black cobra. And he was five feet long from tongue to tail. When he had lifted one-third of himself from the ground, he stayed balancing to and fro, exactly as a dandelion tuft balances in the wind. And he looked at Ricky Ticky with the wicked snake's eyes that never change their expression, no matter what the snake is thinking of. Who is Nog? I am 
Nog. The great god Brom put his mark upon all of our people when the first cobra spread his hood to keep the sun off of Brom while he slept. Look and be afraid. And Nog spread out his hood more than ever. And Ricky Dicky saw the spectacle mark on the back of it that looks exactly like the eye part of a hook and eye fastening. He was afraid for a minute, but it was impossible for a mongoose to stay frightened for any length of time. And though Ricky Ticky had never met a live cobra before, <laughs> his mother had fed him dead ones, and he knew that all a grown mongoose's business in life was to fight and eat snakes. <sighs> Nog knew this too, and at the bottom of his cold heart, he was afraid. Well, said Ricky Dicky, and his tail began to fluff up again. Marks or no marks, do you think it is right for you to eat fledglings out of a nest? Hmm. Nog was thinking to himself and watching the least little movement in the grass behind Ricky Dicky. He knew that mongooses in the garden meant death sooner or later for him and his family. But he wanted to catch Ricky Ticky off his guard. So he dropped his head a little and put it to one side. Let us talk, he said. You eat eggs, hmm? Why should not I eat birds? jumped up in the air as high as he could go. And just under him whizzed by the head of Nagina, Nog's wicked wife. She had crept up behind him as he was talking to make an end of him. He heard her savage hiss as the stroke missed. He came down most across her back. And if he had been an old mongoose, he would have known that then was the time to break her back with one bite. But he was afraid of the terrible lashing of a turn of the cobra. He spit. Indeed, but he did not bite long enough. And he jumped clear of the whisking tail, leaving Nagina torn and angry. Uh, wicked, wicked Darcy and Silly, silly wife, said Nog, lashing up as high as he could reach toward the nest in the thorn bush. But Darcy had built it out of reach of snakes, and it only swayed to and fro. Ricky Ticky felt his eyes growing red and hot. When a mongoose's eyes grow red, he is angry. And he sat back on his tail and hind legs like a little kangaroo. And looked all around him and with rage. But Nog and Nogina had disappeared into the grass. When a snake misses its stroke, it never says anything or gives any sign, sign of what it means, means to do next. Ricky Ticky did not care to follow them, for he did not feel sure that he could manage two snakes at once. So he trotted off to the gravel path near the house, and he sat down to think. It was a serious matter for him. When Teddy came running down the path... Ricky Dicky was ready to be petted. But just as Teddy was stooping, something wriggled a little in the dust. And a tiny voice said, Be careful, I am death. 
<laughs> he was great. The dusty brown snakeling that lies for choice on the dusty earth. And his bite is as dangerous as the cobra's. But he is so small that nobody thinks of him. And he does the more harm to people. <laughs> Ricky Ticky's eyes grew red again. And he danced up to meet Karate with a peculiar rocking, swaying motion that he had inherited from his family. Very funny. But it is so perfectly balanced a gait that you can fly off it from any angle you please. And in dealing with snakes, this is an advantage. If Ricky Ticky had only known, he was doing a much more dangerous thing than fighting Nog. For Karate is so small and can turn so quickly that unless Ricky bit him close to the back of his head, he would get the return stroke in his eye or lip. But Ricky did not know. <laughs> His eyes were all red, and he rocked back and forth, looking for a good place to hold. Great Ricky jumped sideways and tried to run in. But the wicked little dusty gray head lashed within a fraction of his shoulder. And he had to jump over the body, and the head followed his heels close. Oh, look here! Our mongoose is killing a snake! And Ricky Dicky heard a scream from Teddy's mother. Ah! His father ran out with a stick. But by the time he came up, courage had lunged out one. Jumped on the snake's back, dropped his head far between his forelegs, and bitten as high up the back as he could get a hold. That bite paralyzed Karate. And Ricky Ticky was just going to eat him up from the tail, uh, after the custom of his family at dinner, when he remembered that a full meal makes a slow mongoose. And if he wanted all his strength and quickness ready, he must keep himself thin. He went away for a dust bath oh, underneath the castor oil trees. While Teddy's father beat the dead crate. What is the use of that? Thought Ricky Ticky. I have settled it all. And then Teddy's mother picked him up from the dust and hugged him, crying that he had saved Teddy from death. Teddy's mongoose is a providence. And Teddy looked on with big, scared eyes. <laughs> Ricky Dicky was rather amused at all the fuss, which, of course, he did not understand. Teddy's mother might just as well have petted Teddy for playing in the dust. <sighs> Ricky was thoroughly enjoying himself. That night at dinner... Walking to and fro among the wine glasses on the table... Oh, Ricky could have stuffed himself three times over with nice things. Oh. But he remembered Nag and Nagina. And though it was very pleasant to be patted and petted by Teddy's mother. And to sit on Teddy's shoulder. His eyes would get red from time to time, and he would go off into his long war cry of... Rick-tick-ticky-ticky-chick! Teddy carried him off to bed and insisted on Ricky-ticky sleeping under his chin. Ricky-ticky was too well-bred to bite or scratch, but as soon as Teddy was asleep... He went off for his nightly walk around the house. Tachandra the muskrat was creeping round by the wall. Tachandra is a broken-hearted little beast. He whimpers and cheeps all the night, trying to make up his mind to run out into the middle of the room. But he never gets there. <laughs> Don't kill me, said Tachandra, almost weeping. Ricky-dicky, don't kill me. Do you think a snake killer kills muskrats? 
said Ricky Ticky scornfully. Those who kill snakes get killed by snakes, said Chachandra, more sorrowfully than ever. And how am I to be sure that Nog won't mistake me for you some dark night? There's not the least danger of that, for Nog is in the garden, <laughs> and I know you don't go there. My cousin Chua the rat told me... <gasps> said Chuchandra, then he stopped. Told you what? Shh. Nog is everywhere, Ricky Ticky. You should have talked to Chua in the garden. But I didn't. So tell me quick, Chuchandra, or I'll bite you. <gasps> Chuchandra sat down and cried. Till the tears <laughs> rolled from his whiskers. I'm a very poor man. He sobbed. I never had spirit enough to run out to the middle of the room. I mustn't tell you anything. Can't you hear, Ricky Ticky? Ricky Ticky listened. The house was as still as still, but he thought he could just catch the faintest scratch, scratch in the world. A noise as faint as that of a wasp walking on a window pane. The dry scratch of a snake's scales on brickwork. That's Nog or Nakina. Oh, and they're crawling into the bathroom sluice. You're right, Chuchandra. You should have talked to Chua. Ricky stole off to Teddy's bathroom. But there was nothing there. And then to Teddy's mother's bathroom. At the bottom of the smooth plaster wall, there was a brick pulled out to make a sluice for the bathwater. And as Ricky Ticky stole in by the masonry curb where the bath is put, he heard Nog and Nogina whispering together outside in the moonlight. When the house is emptied of people, he will have to go away. And then the garden will be our own again. Go in quietly and remember that the big man who killed Karate is the first one to bite. Then come out and tell me, and we will hunt for Ricky Ticky together. But are you sure there is anything to be gained by killing the people? <laughs> Everything! When there were no people in the bungalow, did we have any mongoose in the garden? So long as the bungalow is empty, we are king and queen of the garden. And remember that as soon as our eggs in the melon bed hatch, as they may tomorrow, our children will need room and quiet. Yes, I had not thought of that. I will go, but there is no need that we should hunt for Ricky Ticky afterward. Mm. I will bite the big man <laughs> and his wife and the child if I can and come away quietly. Then the bungalow will be empty and Ricky Ticky will go. <gasps> oh, Ricky Ticky tingled all over with rage and hatred at this. And then Nog's head came in through the sluice. His five feet of cold body followed. Angry as he was, Ricky Ticky was very frightened as he saw the size of the big cobra. Nog coiled himself up, raised his head, and looked into the bathroom in the dark. Now, if I kill him here, Nagina will know 
And if I fight him on the open floor, the odds are in his favor. Oh, what am I to do? Nog waved to and fro. And then Ricky could hear him drinking from the biggest water jar that was used to fill the bath. That is good. <laughs> now, when Little Crate was killed, the big man had a stick. <sighs> he may have that stick still. But when he comes to bathe in the morning, he will not have a stick. <laughs> yes, I shall wait here until he comes. <laughs> Do you hear me, Nagina? I shall wait here in the cool until daytime. <laughs> Nogina? Nogina? Nogina! There was no answer from outside. So Ricky Dicky knew Nogina had gone away. Nog slipped in and coiled himself, coil by coil, round the bulge at the bottom of the water jar. And Ricky Dicky stayed still as after an hour, he began to move, muscle by muscle, toward the jar. Nog was asleep, and Ricky Ticky looked at his big back, wondering which would be the best place for a good hold. If I don't break his back in the first jump, he can still fight. And if he fights... Oh, Ricky... And he looked at the thickness of the neck below the hood. That was too much for him. And a bite near the tail would only make Nog savage. It must be the head, the head above the hood. And when I am once there, I must not let go. Then he jumped. Ricky braced his back against the bulge of the river and wears a hole down the head. This gave him just one second's purchase, and he made the most was battered to and fro as a rat is shaken by a dog. To and fro on the floor. And down. And, and round in great circles. His eyes were red and he held on. As the body carved over the floor. Upsetting the tin dipper and the salt dish and the flesh pouch. And against the tin side of the bath. by the noise and had fired both barrels of a shotgun into Nog just behind the hood. Ricky Dicky held on with his eyes shut, 
for now he was quite sure he was dead. But the head did not move. It's the mongoose again, Alice. The little chap has saved our lives now. <laughs> Ricky Ticky dragged himself to Teddy's bedroom and spent half the rest of the night shaking himself tenderly to find out whether he was really broken into 40 pieces as he'd fancied. Now I have Nagina to settle with. And she will be worse than five nugs. There's no knowing when the eggs she spoke of will hatch. Goodness, I must go and see Darcy. Without waiting for breakfast, Ricky Ticky ran to the thorn bush. Darcy and his wife were there. <laughs> and Darcy was singing a song of triumph at the top of his voice. News of Nog's death was all over the garden, for the sweeper had thrown his dead body on the rubbish heap. Okay, you little stupid tuft of feathers. Is this the time to sing? Nog is dead, is dead, is dead, sang Darcy. The valiant Ricky Dicky grabbed him by the head and held fast. The big man came with his bang stick, and Nog fell into pieces. <laughs> He'll never eat my babies again. Oh, that's true enough, but where's Nagina? Let us sing of the great, the red-eyed Ricky Ticky. <laughs> and and Darcy, Darcy filled his throat and sang. <laughs> sing to your fledglings again. Mother, oh, lift up your head. Evil that plagued us is slain. Death in the garden lies dead. Terror that hid in the roses is powerless, flung on the trash heap and dead. Who has delivered us who? Tell me his nest and his name. Okay, Darcy. Ricky the valiant and true. Ticky with eyeballs of flame. Okay, that's Ricky Ticky the ivory fang, the hunter with eyeballs of flame. Give him the thanks of the birds, bowing with tail feathers spread. Praise him in Nightingale's words. Nay, I will praise him instead. Okay, Darcy. Here I will sing you the praise of the bottle-tailed Ricky with eyeballs of red. Darcy, 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 stop! If I could get up to your nest, I'd roll all your babies out. Oh, well, you don't know when to do the right thing at the right time. Well, why? You're <laughs> safe enough in your nest there, but it's war for me down here. Stop singing a minute, Darcy. For the great, the beautiful Ricky Ticky's sake, I will stop, said Darcy. What? Killer of the terrible Nog. Where is Nagina for the third time? Oh, well, she's on the rubbish heap by the stables, mourning for Nog. Great, he's Ricky Ticky with the white teeth. Oh, bother my white teeth. Have you ever heard where she keeps her eggs? Uh-huh. Oh, in the melon bed, on the end nearest the wall, where the sun strikes nearly all day. She hid them there weeks ago. And you never thought it was worthwhile to tell me? Yeah. Oh. Mm. The end nearest the wall, you said. Mm -hmm. Right over by the... Oh, Ricky Ticky. You're not going to eat her eggs? Uh, not eat? Exactly, no, uh, Darcy. <laughs> if you have a grain of sense, she will fly off to the stables mm -hmm. and pretend that your wing is broken mm -hmm. and... And let Nagina chase you away to this 
bush. Uh-huh. I must get to the melon bed. And if I went there now, mm-hmm. she'd see me. Hey. Darcy was a featherbrained little fellow who could never hold more than one idea at a time in his head. Darcy knew that Nogina's children were born in eggs, just like his own. And he didn't think at first that it was fair to kill them. But his wife was a sensible bird, and she knew that Cobra's eggs meant young Cobras later on. What? Oh. So she flew off from the nest and left Darzee to keep the babies warm. Oh, yes. I will keep the babies nice and warm, and I will sing them to sleep with my song about the death of Nog. Darzee was very like a man in some ways. She fluttered in front of Nagina by the rubbish heap and cried out, Oh, my wing is broken. The boy in the house threw a stone at me and broke it. Then she fluttered more desperately than ever. Nagina lifted up her head. And hissed, you. You warned Ricky Ticky when I would have killed him. Indeed, and truly. You've chosen a bad place to be lame in. And she moved toward Darzee's wife, slipping along over the dust. The boy broke it with a to Darcy's wife. Well, it may be some consolation to you when you're dead to know that I shall settle accounts with the boy. My husband lies on the rubbish heap this morning, but before night, the boy in the house will lie very still. What is the use of running away? I am sure to catch you. Little fool, look at me! Darcy's wife knew better than to do that! For a bird who looks at a snake's eyes gets so frightened that she cannot move. Darcy's wife fluttered on, piping sorrowfully and never leaving the ground. And Nagina quickened her pace. Ricky Dicky heard them going up the path from the stables, and he raced for the end of the melon bed near the wall. There... In the warm litter about the melons, very cunningly hidden, he found 25 eggs, about the size of a bantam's eggs, but with whitish skin instead of shell. I was not a day too soon, for he could see the baby cobras curled up inside the skin and knew that the minute they were hatched, they could each kill a man or a mongoose. He bit off the tops of the eggs as fast as he could, taking care to crush the young cobras, turning over the litter from time to time to see whether he had missed any. At last, there were only three eggs left. And Ricky Dicky began to chuckle to himself when he heard Darzee's wife screaming. Ricky Dicky! I led Nagina toward the house and she's gone into the veranda and oh, come quickly! She means killing! Ricky Dicky smashed two eggs, tumbled backward down the melon bed with a third egg in his mouth and scuttled to the veranda as hard as he could put foot to ground. Teddy and his mother and father were there at early breakfast, but but, but Ricky saw that they were not eating anything. They sat stone still. Their faces were white. Nagina was coiled up on the matting by Teddy's chair, within easy striking distance of Teddy's bare leg. And she was swaying to and fro, singing a song of triumph. 
Son of the big man that killed Nog, she hissed, stay still. I am not ready yet. Wait a little. Keep very still, all you three. If you move, I strike. <laughs> and if you do not move, I strike. Oh, foolish people who kill my Nog! Sit still, Teddy, you mustn't move. Teddy, keep still. Turn around, Nodina! Turn and fight! All in good time, said she without moving her eyes. I will settle my account with you presently. Look at your friends, Ricky Ticky. They are still and white. They are afraid. They dare not move. And if you come a step nearer, I strike. Look at your eggs. Huh. In the melon bed near the wall. Go and look, Nagina. The snake turned half round and saw the egg on the veranda. <gasps> Give it to me. Ricky Dicky put his paws one on each side of the egg and his eyes were blood red. What price for a snake's egg? For a young cobra? For a young king cobra? For the last, the very last of the brood? The answer eating all the others down in the melon bed. Nagina spun clear round, forgetting everything for the sake of the one egg. And Ricky Dicky saw Teddy's father shoot out a big hand. Catch Teddy by the shoulder and drag him across the little table, safe Whoa. and out of reach of Nagina. Tricked, 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 rick-chick-chick, chuckled Ricky Ticky. The boy is safe and it was I, 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 that caught Nog by the hood last night in the bathroom. He threw me to and fro, but he could not shake me off. He was dead before the big man blew him in two. I did it. Rick-tick-ticky-ticky-chick. Come then, Nagina. Come and fight with me. You shall not be a widow long. Nagina saw that she had lost her chance of killing Teddy, and the egg lay between Ricky Ticky's paws. Give me the egg, Ricky Ticky. Give me the last of my eggs, and I will go away and never come back, she said, lowering her hood. Yes, you will go away, and you will never come back. Or you will go to the rubbish heap with Nog. Fight, Widow! The big man is gone for his gun. Fight! And Ricky Tiki was bounding all around Nagina. Keeping just out of reach of her stroke. His little eyes like hot coals. Nagina gathered herself together and flung out at Ricky him. Ricky Tiki jumped up and backwards. Again and again and again. She struck. And each time her head came with a... On the matting of the veranda. She gathered herself together. Then Ricky Ticky danced in a circle to get behind her. Nagina spun round to keep her head to his head, so that the rustle of her tail on the matting sounded like dry leaves blown by the wind. He had forgotten the egg. It still lay on the veranda, and Nagina came nearer and nearer to it till at last, while Ricky Ticky was drawing breath, she it in her mouth turned to the veranda steps and flew like an arrow down the path. With Ricky Ticky behind her, Cobra runs for her life. She goes. Ricky Dicky knew that he must catch her, or all the trouble would begin again. She headed straight for the long grass by the thorn bush, and as he was running by, Darcy was still singing his foolish little song of triumph. <laughs> but Darcy's wife was wiser. She flew off her nest as Nikki came along and flapped her wings about Nikki's head. If Darcy had helped, they might have turned her. But Nikki only lowered her hood. 
to her. And as she plunged into the rat hole where she and Nog used to live, his little white teeth were clenched on her tail. And he went down with her. And very few mongooses, however wise and old they may be, care to follow a cobra into its hole. Then the grass by the mouth of the hole stopped waving. It is all over with Ricky Ticky. We must sing his death song. <laughs> oh, valiant Ricky Ticky is dead. Fernagina will surely kill him underground. And so Darcy sang a very mournful song that he made up on the spur of the minute. And just as it got to the most touching part. The grass quivered again, and Ricky Ticky, covered with dirt, dragged himself out of the hole leg by leg, licking his whiskers. <sighs> Darcy stopped singing with a little shout. Woohoo! Ricky Ticky shook some of the dust out of his fur and. Achoo! Sneezed. Hmm. It is all over. The widow will never come out again. I will go back to the house. Tell the garden, Darcy. Tell the garden that Nagina is dead. When Ricky got to the house... Teddy and Teddy's mother, she still looked very white, for she had been fainting. And Teddy's father came out and almost cried over him. And that night he ate all that was given him till he could eat no more. And went to bed on Teddy's shoulder. Where Teddy's mother saw him when she came to look late at night. He saved Teddy's life. Why, he saved all our lives. <laughs> what are you bothering for? All the cobras are dead. And if they weren't, I'm here. Ricky Ticky had a right to be proud of himself. But he did not grow to be too proud. He kept that garden as a mongoose should keep it. With tooth and jump and spring and bite. Till never a cobra showed its head inside the walls. You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of Ricky Ticky Tavi by Rudyard Kipling, featuring Jerry Dye as Ricky, Kel Christie as Nagina, Marcus Brown as Nog and Darzy, Ray Bowler as Darzy's wife and Teddy, Robert Arnold as the Big Man, Ashley Bug Brown as the Big Man's wife and Kurate, and Elisa Moran as Chuchundra. Music written and performed by Gene Simmons. Produced by Andrew Sullivan. Adapted and directed by Marcus Brown. This is your announcer, Tom Badgett. Chatterbox Audio Theater is a nonprofit, web based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download all of our shows free at www.chatterboxtheater.org. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. 
speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.